This is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Isn't God good? All the time. And isn't all the time? Amen. 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 Man, I am I am super excited about our sermon series, of course, this month. It's called Reset. Who's excited for a reset this month? Amen. Give God praise for that. Come on. Give him praise. I don't care who you're sitting next to. Give him praise. Amen. So that is our word for the month, reset. Set, tell your neighbor, reset. Reset. Oh, don't tell them a little bit more convincingly. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, reset. reset. Amen, amen. Last week we talked about the dream of being of, of beginning again, and we used the passage of Scripture in Exodus 3 with Moses, and we talked about his calling and how God had to reset Moses to be purposed for his calling, for his life. And for the dreams that God would plant within him. And he had all kinds of excuses. He had these expectations of things that he couldn't do. But God began to work and move within Moses and gave him a reset. Give him praise today for that. If you've, if you've got some things that God's reset within you, give him praise for that this morning. Amen. Amen. So today I have another one word in mind for us today as we've come together to worship. So are you ready for the one word? Yes. Okay, the one word. This is it. I hope you're ready. Okay, this is kingdom. 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 That's the word. Say to your neighbor, kingdom. 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 Turn to your other neighbor and say kingdom. kingdom. If you're in the chat online, type that in the chat. Kingdom. Kingdom. So... When I began to think about this word, of course, the first thing that comes to mind are images of castles, knights, squires, and then, of course, just, I think, the city Green Castle, because it's got castle in the name. You think, you think of a kingdom. Of course, we've been to this place so many times within our lives with our family. I also think of Mickey Mouse and his magic kingdom, okay, uh, which is Disney. And, and, you know, there's all of these different things that may come to your mind when you think about the word kingdom. But you know what? I can't help but think of a guy who 2,000 years ago kept telling people about a new kingdom that was unlike any other kingdom that had ever been experienced before within humanity. It was a kingdom that wasn't like the current kingdoms. It was an upside down kingdom. And that's where we're going today. Because this guy didn't just pass out information about Oh, would you kind of be a part of a kingdom? It's kind of a nice place. It's going to be a great thing. You, know, you take a fucking yeah, you too. Take a little thing here. You know, pass it out. No, he didn't. He exemplified what this kingdom would be like within his own life. And he invited people to become citizens within this kingdom. And here's the great news. In fact, it's good news. Because that's what the Word of God says. It says it's good news. Here 2,000 years later, into this time, into this moment, into this place, He also invites you into His kingdom. And that person is none other than Jesus Christ. Our Lord, our Savior, our God, our King. Give Him praise. 
his mission. Jesus invites you into his kingdom. In fact, kingdom is such an important word to Jesus, he talked about it over a hundred times within his ministry. And if Jesus thought that the kingdom of God was so important, I want to know what's important within that kingdom also for us here today. I want to know what this kingdom is like. What's this kingdom about? And where is my place? And where is your place within this kingdom here today? You guys ready for the word of God today? All right, let's stand up for the word of God. We're going to be in the book of Mark chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 35 through 45. Amen. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, him being Jesus. But they said, teacher, we want you to do for us. <laughs> and I laugh at this. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> They're still got their disciple training wheels off. <clears throat> And so Jesus simply says, <laughs> I think I wish it would say, and he chuckled. And he says, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, Well, one of us sit at your right hand, and the other at your left in glory. Woo! Woo! And then I think I wish it would say, and he chuckled again. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Oh, we can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and with John. And then Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. <laughs> Instead, and this is where he gets to the meat of what we're talking about today. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Let's bow our heads today for this word. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just simply ask for your Holy Spirit to already just work and move amongst us here today, to work and move in such a way to where we can understand for our own selves, in our own hearts, in our own minds, what this, uh, what this piece of scripture may have for us that reveals truth, Love, grace, mercy, justice, and so many other elements. Father, I pray that we can learn about what your kingdom is about today and maybe be able to be ready to be willing to be a citizen of that. I pray that for all of us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so I got some questions for you guys. You guys ready for questions? Yes. Okay. All right, you ready? Okay. Now, 
You can see who, whose hand shoots up first, okay? Who invited someone to church this morning? Huh, yes! <laughs> That's good. All right. Next question. Who helped their neighbor out this morning? Right? You did? They did. Okay. All right. Carol? All right. This is a very important question. I'm going to lean in a little bit. Who hit the share button on the live stream today? <laughs> Gail did. Okay. And who amongst you, who talked about Jesus to somebody today? Amen. Amen. All right. I want you to know that as we dig into the passage of Scripture today, that serving is the way of the kingdom. And there's all different kinds of ways to serve. In fact, this is our Lord's personal mission statement. If I'm to be an authentic follower, follow with me, church. I want you to take your finger and quit pointing it at your neighbor. Point at yourself for a minute. Okay. Say this with me. If I'm to be an authentic follower of Jesus, my life should be marked with his life. That's right. That's right. Because what marked Jesus's life ought to mark mine. And if his personal mission statement was serving and giving, that should be my mission statement too, should it not? Serving and giving. Because what's the opposite of serving and giving? Well, the opposite is to be served and to receive. And we see that a whole lot within our world today to be served and to receive. You know, every time I turn on ESPN, I see a new roster of, of sports guys that are all about being served <laughs> and receiving. I need more millions of dollars for my touchdown and I want to receive more endorsements. <laughs> I can't do anything on the field, but I'm gonna take everything I can. <laughs> But here's the thing, I want to be able to live a life with passion to where I can be able to serve someone in need. So in order to illustrate this a little bit more, if you've got something in your lap or within your hands, I want you to set that down for a moment. It could be your phone, it could be your Bible, it could be a child, I don't know what you got in your hands right now. <clears throat> but set it all down for a minute and I want you to stand up, stand up. And I want you to hold your hands in front of you. Hold your hands in front of you. Okay? I want you to do this for a second. I want you to take one hand and make a fist. Just like this. Fist. And I want you to have one hand like this. Okay? This is really how I believe is the best illustration to illustrate of the choice of being a follower of Jesus. Because in our lives, we have the two choices. We can either live our life with a clenched fist like this. Okay, got your clenched fist? We can live our lives with a clenched fist expecting others to serve me and to receive and to accumulate 
and you keep giving. Or we can live our lives like this with an open hand, ready to receive, ready to give, ready to serve. Amen? Amen. You guys may be seated for, for the duration of this service unless you feel the Holy Spirit get you out of your seat again. At which time you better listen to him. I'll just say it that way. So let's take a look at what's going on within this passage. Um, I don't really have any like main points. I'm just going to kind of dig through this verse by verse. Is that okay? Okay. So let's look at verse 35 here today. Verse 35. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said, Teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. Woo! Boy. Hey, hey. They're coming in strong with Jesus. Let me just say it that way. And this is coming in at the conclusion to a conversation really with the two of his disciples. And I kind of just think what an incredible request. And incredible isn't really meaning anything good. Okay. Incredible just means I can't believe that they're asking Jesus this. Of course, I'm on the outside in. These guys were on the end and end with Jesus at this time. And they asked that. They said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, how many of you would ask that of somebody else? Anybody? How many of you? They just go up to, hey, you, I want you to do for me whatever I ask. Have you ever tried that in life? I want to know how did that go for you? Yeah, yeah. How did that really go for you? What an incredible request. You see, their view of following Jesus wasn't how can I serve Jesus? Their view of Jesus was what can Jesus do for me? I want Jesus to be for me. Whatever he can be for me, I want to take. I want to grab. And you see, the root problem with all of that is this. It's selfishness. It's selfishness. This is what their problem was within the scriptures. It was selfishness. And you know, honestly, church, oftentimes, you know, the church, it comes no differently to Jesus. You know, there's people that come in sometimes to the door of the church and they're going to be like, Jesus, I want you to work just like a genie in a bottle that's going to grant me all of my wishes. Woo. That's how some people want to operate. God, I need a new Tesla car. Amen. Because it's going to drive me around. It's going, to, it's going to be able to be electric. It's going to be great. God, I need that. I want to have it now. God, I need more money in my bank account. God, I need... Well, you can fill in the blanks with whatever. A lot of people come in through the doors of church and it's kind of like they ask, I want you, Jesus, to do for me whatever I ask. And then they pose this question, which is one of the worst, or else. It's two words. Jesus, you're going to do this or, or else. Or else I won't believe in you. You know many people I've met in my life that have not come into faith because Jesus didn't heal someone in the hospital right away? You know many people I've known that have not come to faith because Jesus didn't give them what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted it, at the exact time they wanted it? And that's because they say, Jesus, if you don't do it in my way, I'm going to clench my fist. 
I will never love you. And that's sad. And the sad thing is this happens more than not. And you know, the moment that sometimes God actually disappoints us is because he's got something better for us in his way, in his will. And we may come into the doors of the church thinking that, oh, I love Jesus and I, 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 I just, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Jesus follower. I've got the shirt and everything. It's great. You see, they've got a surface experience of knowing the Lord, but they don't have an inner experience of knowing his heart and his character within their hearts and their lives. God's not going to grant a prayer that is based on selfishness <laughs> because selfishness is sin. <laughs> And God will not answer a prayer that is built around that. So this is an interesting predicament that we find our disciples in. If we look at verse 36, this is what Jesus says. He responds with a question. And I love Jesus because he's always got the best questions to respond to a question. Okay? So if you ever want to know a question to respond to a question, you need to study the Gospels because Jesus has got all of the best questions to respond to a question. This is what he says. He says, just very simply, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? As if everything that I've done up to this point hasn't been enough for you. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I wish that it would say that in laughter. But Matthew in 2021 adds even this. What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus says, in your kingdom. In your kingdom. And see, they believed that Jesus was going to establish this great earthly political kingdom where he was going to sit on the throne in the White House of Rome. And he was going to be having all of these disciples around him. And, and, and they wanted to be known as the best disciples. And, and it wasn't the first time or probably the last time they'd be arguing about who was the greatest disciple. But here they were and they wanted to be on the left hand and on the right hand of Jesus. And what they thought was this earthly kingdom. They wanted to be numero uno and numero doso. I think that's a word. <laughs> and so what began as selfishness, it actually moved into pride. And, and they wanted to be above all the other disciples. But where did the selfishness come from? Where did the pride come from? Where did these attitudes come from? You'd think that some of Jesus would have rubbed off on them along the way of being disciples, right? But I think there's three factors that maybe contributed to their thinking. My first factor in thinking is that they had a mother with great ambitions for her sons. They did. And if you don't believe that, you can look at Matthew 2020. But they had a mother with great ambitions for, for her sons to succeed in ways that would pass all imagination. My, my second point is James and John were also part of an inner circle that had privy to some incredible spiritual moments that we find in the uh, previous chapter, chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. And uh, within that, we see that they had the transfiguration experience with Jesus. And because of some of these special moments with Jesus, they just kind of thought that, hey, we got the inside we got the inside circle here going on of who's the best disciple. We've seen the transfiguration. Did you see it? No, you didn't. 
Did you see it? No, you didn't. Did you see it? No, we didn't. We did. So they had this attitude that they were cultivating within their hearts and minds that somehow they were better. The, the next thing is that they also came from an upper class family. Um, this was a family that had owned their own business and had overseen operations of its own employees. You see, they were one of the few fishing families in Galilee. And they actually had enough wealth to hire some people to fish for them, okay? And you see, the Zebedee name was a cut above the rest as far as fishermen went in the area of Galilee. How many of you know a family that's like got a cut above the rest within their business? You're going to go to them over somebody else, okay? It's kind of the same thing, except they came to fish and fishing with fishermen. So here's the thing. Do we sometimes think that we have a better connection to God because we're blessed differently than others? If so, let me tell you something, church. That's pride. And pride needs a reset from God in your heart, within your life. Because God's not ever going to bless anything that is prideful. In fact, what was found prideful in heaven, he's shot down all the way to earth. You know what that was? As the devil himself. Let's take a look at verse 37. It says this, it says, They replied, let one of us just sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. I think that they were just instinctively wanting everyone else to know that they wanted to be the one sitting next to Jesus. They wanted to be, if it, if it was in today's world, they would want to be taking all the selfies with Jesus and post them on their Instagram reel. So that way, that way people could see that, oh yeah, he must be in tight with Jesus. Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. But guess what? This, this passage reeks of more selfishness. Yes. So we move on. Verse 38 through 44. It says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Well, we can, they answered. And then he said this. You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or to my left, it's not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. You know what Jesus is saying in this? He's saying, you have no idea what you're even asking. You have no idea what you're asking within this passage. <laughs> because the first thing that Jesus is talking about here within, he's talking about the scriptures is he's talking about the cost of leadership. One, are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Are you able? Really? This question in and of itself is proving that you're not able. But I'm going to keep going on. <laughs> because the path to glory and greatness always, always takes us through suffering and difficulty. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Jesus asked that of us here today. Secondly, there's not just the cost of leadership, but there's the call 
to leadership. The call to leadership. You see, when I talked about it's an upside down kingdom, this is not a kingdom built on who's got the best resume, who knows the most people, and who's all schmoozy woozy with, with the higher ups. They're gonna get they're gonna get in. Jesus has an upside down kingdom because in, in the world, greatness is determined by how many people serve you. Yeah. That's right. You are considered a great leader if you have a lot of people serving you at your job, at your work, at whatever you're doing. But in Jesus' kingdom and Christ's kingdom, greatness is determined by how many we serve. And church, what I'm looking at is to see how many in your inner circle, in your outer circle, are you able to be a servant to within your life? Because it's not a matter of authority and control, but it's a matter of humility. It's a matter of service unto the Lord. In Christ's kingdom, in Christ's kingdom, it's all about one word, serving. Let's move on to verse 45. He says this, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And they gave his life as a ransom for many. Jesus concluded by saying that he himself exemplifies these principles and obeying them is a process of becoming like Jesus. Somebody give praise that he is able to give us the means to be obedient, to be holy, to live a life that's not tarnished with sin, to live a life that's not wanting to have one foot in the kingdom of God and one in the world. He gives us the ability to have and to live a life of holiness. Give him praise for that today. Amen. So this is very simple here today. Am I living, I want you to think about this to yourself, am I living a life where I'm expecting others just to serve me hand and foot? Could be your spouse, could be your, even your own children, the people that you work with. Do I view those around me? Do I view my circumstances? Do I view these as opportunities to be able to be a servant of the Lord? Am I living my life with my fists closed like this to God? And saying, God, I'm not going to serve anyone until I get served first. I need, I, I need to be served first. I want my needs first. Or do you approach God with open hands and saying, God, I just want more of you. God, I want to be able to, to serve the people that you put in my life. So I need to have my hands open. Are your hands open this morning, church, to be able to serve others around you? Are your hands open to be able to see the needs and to respond accordingly? Are your hands open to be able to know that they can be used for the work of the God in His kingdom today? Because so much of our culture today is designed to make you feel numb and to make you just feel good. So they don't care if you're this or this. 
They just want you to feel good. But when we buy into that, whether we think we're this or this, what happens is we become like this because our comfort becomes a thing that we wrap our fists and our hands around and we don't want to move past our own comfort zone, our own boxes. Today we're talking about reset. In fact, we're talking about it the whole month. Hallelujah! Because some of us here need that reminder of the pride that's within our lives. It needs a reset. That pride within our hearts, it needs a reset. The pride that makes us think <laughs> or makes us want to think that we can ever be better than something or, or, or someone that we can be on a different level or different plane. That pride needs reset by the mighty hand of God to come within working within our lives today. And some of us here today, we need that reminder that our dependability to do anything in this life, anything, must be with open hands that are fully reliant on what and how God wants to work within our hearts and within our lives. This is why when we come into worship, the Psalms talk about coming in with open hands. Because when our hands are closed, we can't be able to take anything else more than what we already have within our hands, which is just this. But when we come with open hands, we come with surrender. We come in humility. We come in such a way to where we offer up ourselves as being a vessel unto the Lord. Then God sees that. He hears that prayer. And he wants to be able to fill you with more of his spirit. Amen. And so today... That's the posture I want us to find ourselves in is with our open hands. I don't want us to be in control. I want him to be in control. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to invite the worship team um, to sing this morning and they're going to sing a hymn. I believe it's number 456 in the hymnal. It's a song. I'd rather have Jesus. And as they're getting ready to should sing and to lead us within worship here today. I want us to take on this posture of humility with our hands. I want us to be able to take this posture of letting the kingdom of God to want to grow within our hearts, within our lives. And if I could just be candid for just a moment, the word that God has really given me for this whole year is this one word. I know God's been working in one words. Because that's all he needs is just one word to speak. Yes. And, and the word I believe, <laughs> I know he's speaking to me and I hope that he might be speaking to all of us here is this one word called grow. That's it. <laughs> grow. Say that to your neighbor. But there's 160 seats in this church, at least in these two rows. There's 180 some chairs all together in this sanctuary. And, and it's by faith, I really believe that God wants to fill every single seat with the person yes. in that seat. So if your seat is empty next to you, that is a posture of prayer for you here today that you can pray for that seat to be filled with somebody. There's all kinds of seats that I see. And the reason why I think God put this on my heart isn't because I want to grow for metric's sake. I want to grow the kingdom for the Lord's sake. 
this morning. My desire is to see God work and move within this community anew. It's my desire that I want to see God fill these seats with broken people, messed up people. People that are different than from me and than from you. And, 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 and these people that so desperately need Jesus. And I want everybody in this whole city of Greencastle and Putnam County to experience Jesus in their own personal way. And I want our church to minister to people online in countries that we can't even pronounce. I want our church to be able to do things that we would never have thought possible. But I want us to do that all because God is leading us in his power and within his presence. So this morning, I invited the worship team to come and sing. I'd rather have Jesus. So this morning, we have our, our fists, we have our hands. I want us to be able to open them up and to receive what the Lord would have for us. So this morning, if you feel like coming, I want you to come and pray. I'll pray with you. Maybe there's a need or there's something within your life you want me to pray for. Let's just pray. Let's worship. Let's, let's just come together here today for the Lord. Amen. as well. Lord, we are called to serve. 
and we are called to be servants to others. And that's a hard thing within our world today. It's so hard because the world values selfishness over selflessness. And so God, I, I don't know who the sermon is for. God, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's impact. I don't know. But you know. And so Lord, I'm just asking that this word be planted and received into the hearts of those who are here today. I pray for this word to be received by those that are online. I pray for those that who watch it at a later time. Lord, I, I just pray for this word to be able to go out in such a way and minister to people. More of you, Lord. More of you. So, Lord, I give you praise that you're able to be more than able to give us more of you today. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship and we thank you for gathering within your house. Jesus, as we come before you, we give you praise. Lord, we just simply want to close. Let's just sing that one line this morning from the, from the first verse again. I'd rather have Jesus. Let's sing it out, church. to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.